Good morning, church. God is good. And all the time. Yes, he is. Well, I was sad to uh, hear Brenda's voice on the other end of the phone this morning when she was sharing about Ray, or Raymond as he's known as well. I want to ask just maybe as we're just together here, just as the Lord puts on your heart to continue to lift her up in your prayers uh, this morning. And um, it's a great loss. Uh, I know many of you didn't know Raymond just because he came to first service, uh, but he will be missed. Always sitting right up here in the first service. And what a wonderful heart for God. Um, His words were always so compassionate and so loving and understanding. He'll be uh, greatly missed here as part of our fellowship. But we will look forward to uh, one of the things that this table reminds us of is that um, this isn't the end of Raymond's story that we will sit down at a table with Jesus there and Raymond together. And so I look forward to that day. Today we uh, are looking at a psalm that David uh, finds himself in trouble again. Psalm chapter 27, as we continue our series in the book of Psalms. Songs for the journey of life. And David... uh, is making a proclamation to his community, to the people of God, and at the same time, towards the last half, he has a prayer to God. And we believe that David is running from King Saul, probably. Uh, King Saul is looking for him to take his life. I don't know if you've ever had it that bad before. You ever have somebody literally trying to hunt you down to kill you? Maybe some of you have. I have not. Um, But here's David. And he says in verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Now remember, just stop for a minute. Someone is chasing him to kill him. And he makes this confession. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now, I know many of us have not had somebody literally hunting us down to kill us. But there are times in our life where we feel like the life may be being sucked out of us. That there is something chasing us, per se. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's pressures and expectations and we feel like the life is being sucked out of us and we aren't experiencing the life around us. David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Church, I want us to just stop and let this sink in a bit this morning. Don't just hear the words. Don't just look at the words. You know, Sabbath is a time to stop. And most of our lives during the week are just spinning and going and going and going. And God says, just stop. So this morning, I want us to stop and receive this word. Can you hear this for yourself? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who do you have to fear? The Lord is the defense of your life. Who, who shall you dread? 
David goes on, when evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise, arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I've asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing yes, I will sing yes praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. And be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my mother and my father have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Church, it's important for us to hear this morning that David's confidence was not in the situations that surrounded him. Sometimes we need everything around us to be right for us to feel confident. And David had everything wrong going on around him, but his confidence was in God. This one thing he said, his confidence was in God. I don't know about you, but I watch the news. <laughs> I watch what's going on in the Middle East. I watch what's going on in North Korea. I watch what's going on in Stockholm. I watch what's going on. And church, if our confidence is in the situations around us, we're in trouble. Our confidence can be in only one thing, and that is in God himself and his goodness. I want to point you to something in verse 13. In case you missed it, David says something here that we say every Sabbath. Let's see if you can notice it. In verse 13, he says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the what? The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What was he saying there, church? All the time? All the time? God is good, right? Because he believed in the goodness of God, no matter what was happening around him, he had confidence. He had confidence. One of my favorite Proverbs is from Proverbs 16, 24. It says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. 
not to be afraid of God, but in the reverence of God and who he is, is strong confidence. And it says in the rest of that verse that his children will find refuge. Confidence in God. Not the situations around us, but in God himself. And he goes on and he says in that that powerful verse in verse 14, he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Now, Now, Sandy, I don't know what it's like to have to wait for those orders. Where are we going to go next? But it's got to feel good when you're going to Hawaii. (laughs) I'm just saying. Right then you said, God is good, right? (laughs) I could just see your family probably doing that. But uh, I remember, you know, Terry, I was talking to Terry a a little while back, and he was was asking, he says, Pastor, would you pray for me? We don't know what's going on, and would you pray? So then when he got on the phone to tell me what happened, I said, I shouldn't have prayed so hard, you know? Because, man. But... uh, um, I will look forward to a pastoral visit. I'll come over and just check in on our members, you know, what's going on. But waiting is hard, and I love the example of, uh, of uh, Amazon, you know. Is it really called a fidget toy? So now you've got to buy a fidget toy to wait for the fidget toy that's coming. That's right. But we, we all like to fidget, and waiting is a very, very hard thing to do. I know. But let me remind you that this waiting... It's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. It's a verb, right? Do this. Don't just sit there. Wait. But what is he doing in the waiting? May I remind you of what what the psalmist does, what David does. He says, one thing I've asked from the Lord, that shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. David says, while I'm waiting, I'm going to meditate on the word of God. In the waiting, I'm going to behold the beauty of the Lord. I'm not just going to say, okay, well, now I'm going to wait. I'm going to go out and be busy. I'm going to be active in my waiting and listening to God through Scripture. I'm going to be active in my waiting by, by worshiping. He goes on, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to God. In the waiting, I'm going to worship. In the waiting, I'm going to be in the Word. In the waiting, I'm going to be in prayer. I'm going to be looking for the beauty of God's activity around me because he's up to things in my waiting. What seems like inactivity to me, God, when are you going to do something, is activity to God. Remember those great words of Jesus when he said, my father is always what? Working. That's why we get to rest. (laughs) Because the father's always working. And that's why in my waiting, I know God is doing things. He's up to something. That's why I can also sleep at night because God is taking care of things. Waiting. Recently, my wife and I had an opportunity to get away for a little bit. Our, uh, both of our kids uh, go to Mesa Grande Academy and they were taking two weeks to go back to Washington, D.C. and New York and, and all Philadelphia, Boston and all these places. And so uh, we thought, you know, this June will be our 30th anniversary. And so we thought, we're going to get a week away while the kids are away. So we got away for a week. And one of the places that we went uh, was a place down in Mission Bay. 30 years ago, it's where we spent our honeymoon. So we decided we would stay in the hotel that we stayed in in our honeymoon uh, the last two nights of our trip. And so we went and we went to check in. And I'd, I'd gotten a, a, a great deal online. And uh, you already know where that's going, right? <laughs> 
So I got this deal online, and uh, we went to check in, and uh, we, we went into our room, and um, it just wasn't quite right. Well, I'll just say we like it a little cleaner, usually. And uh, so I called, and I said, you know, we, we just need another room. If you could give us another room, it's just, it's just, just not quite right. There's this, this, and that, and, and if you could do that. They said, oh, okay. So we went back up to the, the front desk, and they, uh, they said, well, we can do this, but it's going to be like two hours. You're going to have to wait, you know, for that. And so we said, okay, no problem. You know, we're, in, we're down there. The weather's gorgeous. We're down in Mission Bay. It's a wonderful place. So we waited a couple hours. We came back, went up to the front desk, and, and they said, oh, um, it's not quite ready yet. If you could just wait here in the lobby. He said, okay, no problem. So we wait in the lobby. You know, 30 minutes later, you know, I got up and started walking. You could tell that he'd completely forgotten about me because as I stood up and he saw me, he went, grab the phone like this, right? So I'm not great at reading body language, but I thought that was pretty clear. So I walked up there, starting to feel kind of bad for them, you know, but I, I just, I said, I just want to check on the room. And he says, oh, well, um, we have a room, but something needs to be fixed in it. I thought, oh my goodness, where are we going to go now? So I said, you know, I said, maybe, maybe we could just, I was getting ready to say we could cancel the reservation and we'll just find another hotel, you know, for the night or something. And so they said, well, wait, wait, the manager came out and they were going to up, that was already going to be an upgrade. Uh, so now the manager came and she said, you know, we're going to upgrade you again. And I said, well, thanks. You really don't have to do that, but, but I appreciate it. And I said, it's just, you know, it's 30 years. We just want it to be right. You know? And they said, no problem. So they ended up upgrading us to a suite on the bay. Yeah, right? So I said, hey, you know, okay. So at about more than twice the amount that we were going to be paying, which was, which was a gift. And so we went to the room, and uh, you open up the door, and there you just have a view of the bay you know, right on the beach, just right there. It was just gorgeous. And so we enjoyed our last couple nights on our, on our trip there. But one of the things that I enjoyed was uh, when I would go out in the morning, just have some quiet time, you know, the bay was so calm, but then there were these rowers, the rowing team, the rowing club was going by. And to watch them practice, to watch them go and, and just in sync with their, with their strokes and to watch them glide. It was just beautiful to watch. I could have done without the coach on the bullhorn, you know, <laughs> yelling a little bit as they went by. But, but it was beautiful to watch. And I sat there and I just, one of the things I sensed the Spirit just saying to me personally was, John, remember that there's power in the pause. You know, when they're pausing and you see that, that boat just go even further, it seems, than when they're digging in with the oars. It's like there's a lot of activity happening. There's a lot of movement happening, but they're resting. And I thought about that in my own journey. And then as I began to pray for Psalm 27, that phrase, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. I like how some modern translations say it. Let your mind take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And I just want to encourage you this morning. You know, some of us here today, whatever you might be wrestling with in your own personal life, you might think that God is, is not up to something. God is not doing something. And that you've got to be busy with those oars. Know that you can wait. Know that you can rest. There's power in the pause. Sometimes the place that I work out on, we have rowing machines there. And sometimes it just breaks my heart, you know, when a, when a newbie comes. <laughs> and they get on the rowing machine and you're like, oh man, you're going to blow up. <laughs> Because they think it's all about this. And the RPMs are just going and you can see their stroke rate. And you know their heart rate is just going through the roof. And you're like, you know, if you just take a big stroke and pause and breathe, 
Let that wheel spin. You get there? They're like, oh, thank you. (laughs) And today, church, this table reminds us that God is always up to something. God is always active. In a time when Jesus came, when people were saying, when's the Messiah going to come? And he was looking them straight in the face. Jesus was saying, God is up to something, and I'm right here. And God is up to something in your life. And even in the waiting, God is doing something. But I want to encourage you in your waiting to be about the Word of God, to be in conversation with God, to worship God. And sometimes when you feel like you can't even sing, sing louder. Sing louder. The enemy hates it when we worship. He hates it when we talk to God. He hates it when we are marinating in the scriptures. And I believe he hates it when we celebrate communion. But today, as we do four times a year, we come here to celebrate and to remember that no matter how active God seems or how quiet God seems, God is always up to salvation. God is always up to saving us, to redeeming us, to restoring us, to forgiving us, to sanctifying us, and to transforming us. And so today we celebrate Jesus Christ, his body broken for us, his his blood shed for us, and we receive him, not just to be about us, but as he says through the Holy Spirit to even be within us. Now as we go, may we go trusting our almighty God for this table. And as the psalmist reminds us, he can be trusted. And if you're feeling alone and that all of life is on your own shoulders, may you be reminded that you have a savior. He cares about your life. And he's interested in your salvation, your strength, your sanity, and your life. May we go with God. God bless you.